0: My friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host Annie F. Downs, and I am so glad to be with you here today. Our music in the background, as you know, is from our good friend Mr. John McLaughlin. Make sure you grab a copy of his new album, Angst and Grace, and just let that play in your life. I think you're going to totally, totally love it. Our next generation conversation has concluded. Uh, how fun was that month? We're not going to do that every month. But we're going to do that every now and again where we kind of do a little series. In fact, if you are now at the end of January and wanting to like, you've kind of gotten through the month, there's some rhythms you want to bring back into, you're figuring out what you want 2019 to look like. Uh, if you actually go back to the beginning of 2018, we did a whole series on some rhythms in your life that I think have been were really helpful for me in 2018 and I've brought into 2019. But our first series this year was The Next Generation with Amy Bird. Drew Hill, J.P. Pacluda and Holland, and a little bit about my new book for teens called A Life of Lovely. Today, we are shifting forward and talking to a pastor that we know and love around these parts, Pastor Scott Sauls. Scott is here in Nashville, the pastor of Christ Restartarian Church, one of my very favorite communities here in town, and he has multiple books out that I love and adore, but his most recent one, Irresistible Faith, Becoming the Kind of Christian the World Can't Resist just released on Tuesday. So happy release week, Scott. We are so honored you would be on the show with us during that week. So friends, settle in. This is a really important and special conversation with Scott. He gets really honest about some things he's walking through as well, which came to me feels really interesting for this to be a show at the end of January when we kicked off with Pastor Carrie Newhoff talking about burnout. We're actually going to hear a little bit about what Scott is walking through himself right now. And I Um, I hope you will commit to pray for him like I have, but this is a really interesting conversation as we process through some of the things that we've walked through with Scott since he was last here, as well as what he's walking through now and what Irresistible Faith really looks like. So here is our podcast friend, one of our favorite pastors and author of Irresistible Faith, Scott Sauls. Do you have to buy things differently as a very tall, like when you buy a car?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit awkward because if I buy if I buy a, an XL shirt, it's too baggy. Uh-huh. If I buy a large shirt, it's, it's a belly shirt. It, well, almost. That, that's a disturbing <laughs> thought. Uh, but yeah, I have to get like the big and tall okay. stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little awkward, but not quite. When did you turn? So.
0: When did you get six five? How old were you?
1: Um, I, I was 6'5 when I was in uh, 10th grade, so oh I, I haven't gosh. grown Yeah, taller. I've grown wider since
0: then. <laughs> so. What are y'all teaching through right now at Christ Church?
1: So right now we're going through a series called Encounters with Christ, and so we're going through... Um, The different sort of face-to-face encounters that Jesus had with different people in the four Gospels—it's been a blast. Yeah, it's been a lot. How
0: long is it going? How long do you run the series? It's gonna be a
1: long one. This one's. This one will probably end up being about thirty. Really?
0: Yeah, we do. Do do you like that? Do you like picking them like that?
1: Yeah, you know, we start a long series every September, and it usually will go all through this almost all the the way through the school year. year, and then we do the short series during the summer and maybe a short spring series or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah. my god. And we'll take breaks too. We'll hit pause for three weeks to do mini series yeah. on different things. But
0: how many in a year, how many Sundays are you preaching?
1: Um, I am a, at about 39 to 40 oh, wow. now. Okay. So yeah, we've got a, we've got a good team. So um, I get to, I get to take off some.
0: At the beginning of the month, I had Carrie Newhoff on, and we talked a lot about burnout Uh because I was like, "Let's let's set our friends up in 2019 to not burn out by recognizing burnout before it kind of eats you alive." Yeah, how have you protected yourself from that?
1: I'm I'm actually not very good at it, Uh, and so yeah, we were talking enneagram before you hit the record button. I am uh, a solid three, yeah, uh, which you know the. I guess the shadow side of the three is that it's really, really hard not to be a workaholic. And so I just, I work a lot and, and, and I'm always just thinking what's the next thing and productivity and get it done and planning and all of those sorts of things. And on top of that, and maybe because of that, I have a little bit of an insomnia problem that's creeped up Do on me in really? the last couple of years. And so I'm, I'm oh tired no. a lot. Um, yeah. Um, so, so I'm, just I'm there. These, Yeah. Just kind of lay there awake oh, at night Scott. a lot, but I mean it, you, there's some benefits. I mean, you, you, you get to, you get to dream and brainstorm and pray and other things, uh, during that time. But you know, give me the choice and I'll actually fall asleep. But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'll usually be able to go about four Four and a half hours of sleep, and then I wake up and it's just hard to go back to sleep. But, but that's all right. Oh Working gosh. with a sleep specialist. But that wasn't your question, really. No, your but question that's was, good. Keep going. But, um, you know, I try to, I try to be done with everything by Friday at noon for the week as far yeah. as just like work and, you know, all that stuff goes. And then, um, you know, do fun stuff with my wife and friends on Friday night and, and Saturday. And Saturday's usually is kinda of knock around day and yeah. and that's when I'll usually pick up a book and sit down with it for a long time or yeah. go out and do something fun. So so yeah, so half of Friday and and all day Saturday are typically the unplugged days, but I'm I'm going at it, I yeah. I guess for the rest of the week. So tell
0: me when you decided I think a lot of people will have an illness or not sleep well. Or even emotionally deciding about a counselor, when did you go, we need to call a sleep specialist? Like, when did it stop being like a problem and Mm -hmm. started being like, I need a professional to step in?
1: Yeah, it was last year, actually. I I saw it's this uh, doctor at the Vanderbilt Sleep uh, Mm -hmm. Center, Vanderbilt Medical, named uh, Dr. Beth Mallow. And she's like a, a really, you know, renowned, uh, sleep specialist. And so we did a sleep study, which they, they hook you up to all these wires yeah. and, and yeah, you, know, you knew, I you, I knew I had a problem when I couldn't fall asleep for the sleep study. Right, so I right. couldn't get the data. Um, but luckily I, I fell asleep for about 45 minutes during that night oh, and wow. they were able to get enough data to, Get a treatment plan and everything, but the treatment plan hasn't worked that great. So, so I'm actually yeah. going back to her later later this month to explore next options. But it was, what led to it was, um, was really just just a few months of oh my goodness, like I've never slept great, but now it's just at next level yeah. horrible yeah. Of, of just just being my brain just not being yeah. willing to turn off and yeah. shut down. And so, so yeah, you, we're still working on it. Yeah. Um, uh, for sure. And need, need all the prayers anybody's willing to give, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah. I did
0: not know that. I'm so sorry.
1: Well, I, you know, you wonder too, if some of it is self-imposed because I, I willingly don't unplug very much. Like mm-hmm. I, like I, des, I just, I decide not to unplug and, and, you know, I, I, God's, you know, even in the scriptures talks about a rhythm of life where, where you do unplug, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, practice the Sabbath principle and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, if I'm being honest, a lot of my leisure is just really thinking about, like, what can the next hill be to tackle, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's one of my growth areas, That's also, areas you're for really sure. good at tackling hills. That's the Ugh, problem. Well, <laughs> you're like, Annie, well, don't say that. <laughs> well, well. <laughs>
0: but you are. Well, thanks. You are. You're such a trusted voice and such a good pastor that that I do want you creating a billion resources mm. for us and content for days. But... Also, I want you Thanks, to sleep. <laughs> I think it's Thanks. important that people hear from a pastor that, well, A, you are already been on the show, so people already know you that may not live in Nashville, but but also for a pastor, I mean, it almost feels like you're in the middle versus at the beginning or the end where you're like, yeah, I recognized there was a problem, and I dealt with it before it became this like, now I'm in the hospital for six weeks. Yeah. Though if that happens, that's totally fine. I mean, it feels like you paid attention to your signals in your head.
1: Yeah. And we're just, it just happens to be one of those afflictions. It's very complicated. You know, yeah. you try one thing, it may work a little bit, it may not. Yeah. Um, and so we're about to sort of figure out what the next thing to try is. And so. Yeah.
0: Do you wake Patty yeah. up too? Or are you like, if no, I'm up, you gotta be no. up.
1: <laughs> she sleeps like a rock. I Does mean, she? like, I think she takes like one breath a minute. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'll check her pulse in the middle of the night, just make sure she's still with us. And, uh, but she sleeps like a rock yeah. and, and sometimes I'm really mad at her for, the, sure. for that. And yeah. sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I'm so glad at least one of us can, yeah. can do that. But, yeah. but yeah, I try to tiptoe around if I'm, if I'm up in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. Not wake when her up. did, um, what was the night? I just wonder if there's a night that stands out to you only because for me was with, with, when I started counseling, there was a day where I made decisions where I went, this, this is it this is when you bring a professional in, is when you buy an airplane ticket and fly away from everyone and don't tell anybody where you're going. Like, this is next level. Was there – because the first night you can't sleep it and the night you call a specialist.
1: No, it's not. No. Yeah. it's it's it, For me, it had been probably six, seven, eight months of maybe being able to fall asleep for a decent amount of time once or twice in a week. On average, and then I think what what really hit the, uh, you know, what triggered, okay, we've got to do something was I think I had like four consecutive nights where I didn't sleep. And, oh, and wow. just laying there. Yeah. Um, and nothing would work like like I even had a season where I tried ambient yeah. and not even ambient.
2: <gasps> sleep Scott.
1: so yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of bad. Like my brain is not working. In some way, shape, or form, it's not working like it should in that yeah. Way. So yeah. So yeah, but okay. we'll try the next thing and that's and, right.
0: And where is the line of where spiritual warfare and battle is involved here
1: oh it's right in the center of of does it feel like that do you feel like this is i do i do because it slows me down i mean like like i feel like there's so much that that i've that i've got that i want to do and and typically by about one o'clock i'll hit a wall
2: yeah
1: um and and you know maybe that's god's design i mean god god sometimes limits us in order to to teach us other things like Mm. dependence and rest and you know the the world is not on my shoulders. Yeah. It's on his shoulders. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, he uses me only because he loves me, not because he needs me. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and so, you know, those, those important reminders come along when you're, when you're not able to sort of fulfill what you feel like your capacity should be, mm-hmm. uh, when you're slowed down in that way or in other ways. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, there are other ways along the way that we're, we're hindered from being able to do what we feel like we ought to be doing and, mm-hmm. and those are always good good occasions to just reflect on who god is and who who we are and realize hey you know any that old song he's got the whole world in his hands <laughs> yeah. and it really is true and, yeah and you know these frustrating moments are also helpful moments to remember that that, yeah. that you know push comes shove um it's all gonna it's all gonna Turn out okay because he's got this, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, in some way, he will sustain you. That's right. Right. However, he he thinks best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think um, it is another reminder that the work that the men and women on the front lines of the church are doing is important and needs to be (laughs) paid attention to. So, those of us who are lay people in a church, we don't know the checks y'all are writing emotionally Mm -hmm. and spiritually and sleep wise. That we don't we don't ever see.
1: Yeah. So yeah, and it is kind of crazy because I think the last couple of years, um, God's given us more to be part of, and more to do, and more to be engaged with, and expanded. Um, you know the the different ministry opportunities that right. we have got, and you would think, well, along with that, ought to come a little bit of extra energy and yeah yeah there's still 24 hours in a day uh you don't get more hours than somebody else does or than you used to get and and so you know you roll with it So that's right 2019 Mm -hmm.
0: will be the year that you sleep that's what we're gonna pray that'd be awesome the year that you sleep a lot
1: oh the annie f down said it here yeah that's right man that's Mm -hmm. what i'm
0: gonna pray i'm writing Mm -hmm. in my journal tomorrow morning Thank you. that is what i'm gonna pray i have a little i just moved into this new condo and in my i have a very small room that's too small for a to make a guest room is one of the rooms. And so I've just kind of made it like, I call it a library, like I'm bougie. But on the wall, I'm putting sticky notes and notes of things I want to pray for every day. So I'm like, I write in my journal, and then I'll put up a Scott Saul sleeping in 2019 sticky That's note. That's terrific. Thank so, you. Well, I will pray that down because I love sleep. I, I It's it, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. You're like, <laughs> Annie, you don't yeah. know. You don't even know how awesome it is. Yeah. Okay, last time you were on the show was fall of 20. 20- Seventeen, sixteen.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, let me think. I'm trying two to think back to the ago. dates. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Because you were on right after Points founding pastor left.
1: Yes, yeah. that's right. That's I mean,
0: right. I, I one of the reasons I asked you to be on is I was like. I can't pretend like this isn't the most painful thing I'm walking through right now. Mm. Will you please come mm-hmm. speak into this mm-hmm. as a person who went to the church? And now you've you've walked closely with us in this process, and now Pastor Kevin's been here for about a year. Tell me what you've seen happen to the church.
1: To your church? Yeah, to, to Crosspoint. Crosspoint. And then
0: the, the church, the big church in general in Nashville.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think Nashville is one of those cities that um, has a lot going for it, and also is set up for um, stunted growth. Uh, really, uh, and I'll put, and I'll explain that. Yeah. it's got a lot going for it in that there are so many really really good churches. Right, um, but the challenge with that. That you did not succumb to, mm-hmm. uh, Annie Downs, is that when one church is going through a hard time, uh, it's very tempted to start looking around yes. and to consider other options. When actually, that that struggling season can end up being the greatest opportunity to to grow and to really lean into the things that God calls us to be as followers of Christ. Which are people who forgive, who reconcile, people who are patient, people who, um, you know, people who uh, stick with it. Sorry, and, there's uh, the yeah, this is awesome. Music I love this. I, I they, think, um,
0: it's birthday. There's a birthday. All right, good. And so when there's good. a birthday, they dance. It's like a restaurant. Sorry. That's yes. very
1: awesome. It's I very love that. Very funny.
0: So sorry. Should we go join them? <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> if you <laughs> want to, we always can.
1: I'm not a very good it dancer, but I bet you are. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, I you know, I, I think one of the the best opportunities and this doesn't just apply to church commitments, it applies to any commitment. Like yeah. if you're if you're in a relationship, if you're in a friendship, if you're in a marriage, the real test of the depth of, of our love mm-hmm. and the the test of the depth of our our covenant with each other is not when things are going great and happy and growing and easy. It it's when they get hard. Yeah. And And the people who, like yourself, Annie, who are able to push through those hard seasons and stay faithful and and stay loyal and stay hopeful and Mm -hmm. prayerful, now you have a story to look back on that you can tell about how God worked through sticking uh, with a hard thing. I mean, you think about Christ. I mean, what, what if he bailed on on us every time we got difficult or we became difficult? If right. if that was the criteria for whether or not he was going to stick it out with us, I think Gracious. we'd all yeah. be pretty worried. Yes, right? that's exactly and, right. And and so, in in a way, it's it's a great opportunity to um, really lean into who Christ is in us and who yeah. Christ wants to be in us. You know, he's he's faithful to us when when we're not so faithful to him mm-hmm. and so to have an opportunity to mirror that um, yeah. can be a really you know transformative experience yeah. I hope it I hope you look back you yeah. retrospect and feel I that have way.
0: some I feel like I'm still processing so much of what I was meant to gain and learn and be and all of that. And part of it is I am very like I mean I did, I mean, I did go some other places just to just to have Sundays where I didn't feel sad.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: just to you know. But the what you said on the show, I told you this, what you said on the show was the mantra in my head. Is mm. I said, Why should I stay when I want to leave? And you said, if you stay when it gets hard, that's when you grow up. Mm. And I thought, okay. I want to grow up here. Wow. I want to figure out what that looks like.
1: Well, I wasn't implying that you weren't grown up.
0: <laughs> I know. Um, I didn't feel like you
1: were. <laughs> yeah. Meant you in the general sense. In the sense general of the word, sense. Where, yes. Yeah. But there yeah, were, I mean, for sure, yeah.
0: it has matured me in a way. And I said to Good. someone, I spoke last weekend out, out of town, and someone said, What do you know now that you didn't know? And I said, Well, I actually believe that the local church is the hope of the world in ways that I never did before yeah. because it did not die. And I thought it was gonna die. Yeah. Like I thought I thought all these the staff was working as hard as they could, people Mm -hmm. were giving it their very best, and pastors around town were generous to us and came and spoke. And and I thought we still weren't gonna make it. And some churches don't. And and that doesn't mean the church has died, but in this story, the cross point survived as a church, as an expression of the local church and continues to survive. And so I feel like I saw what Jesus does when he yeah. cares more about the bride than I yeah. ever knew he did.
1: Yeah. Well I saw the other day you guys are adding a, a third service at, at your Bellevue location, yeah. which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um so um it's amazing. It it's just like it it feels so.
0: like a real gift to have you back on the show because it I love how the pastors in our city care for each other. Hmm. And I know that you've connected with Kevin and some other pastors yeah. as well and just kind of going like look you you're, you were one of the voices that helped us get here
1: that's awesome well, I'm a Kevin fan yeah, um I actually texted him on the way yeah uh, yeah here yeah just telling him that so yeah. Uh, so yeah I am too. yeah it's really great to see you guys you know thriving and 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 you know moving in a new direction under new leadership and I love his emphasis on prayer especially yeah. and and um you know that you know from the first time I met him that seemed to be like his thing like yeah like Nothing worth building is built without uh the undergirding of of prayer and seeking yeah. God's face. And so um yeah, I trust he's leading you all really yeah. well in that too. So Okay.
0: So speaking of prayer, you know, there um there are a lot of our friends who are listening that for twenty nineteen decided they were gonna do new things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So if they if somebody wants to pick up prayer as a discipline this year, mm-hmm. how would you tell them to start that?
1: Wow, that, that was my blog post this week. Uh, was it? So, oh my yeah. gosh! Okay, good. We'll link yeah. to it so everybody like can go read it. Bible and prayer, yeah. Yes. Kind of Bible every and everybody kind of gets back to that, or tries to get yep. back to that, or talks. Yep. I like your phrase, the New Year's experiment, yes, uh, to yes. sort of take the pressure of the resolution off yes. and call it an experiment. But I think there's some really great resources uh, that are available to help people who are in, maybe intimidated by that. Um, you know, some of our some of the folks that. Uh, attend our church uh uh rachel myers and amanda williams um you know started this organization called she reads truth and there's also a he version of that and then they're they're moving into kind of kids and teenagers as well and so it's a it's it's an outstanding resource to um put in people's hands and they They talked
0: about you when they were on the show last they talked about having you as their pastor oh wow okay that's fun so
1: so yeah, actually Amanda and David are at our our Cool Springs location, mm-hmm. which is pastored by Russ Ramsey, who yeah. I think's been on your show yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. But but that resource is gold because it takes the intimidation factor away for people who are sort of new to yeah. reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a nice short, trustworthy, you know, lovely, you know, essay around whatever scripture is featured for the day and they do really helpful series. Uh, it, it delivers straight to your inbox uh, be every easier, morning. Really, they no. give you the weekend off, even right. so. <laughs> um, but but there's that, and there are other resources too. Um, you know, my mentor from New York, Tim Keller, wrote a magnificent book on prayer, and it's uh, it's just a wonderful sort of how to as well. I don't know, as don't what's, what's of prayer. it called. It's just called prayer. No, um, I that one. I don't think came out last couple of years. Okay another one uh by a guy named Paul Miller called A Praying Life yes. which is just very accessible and beautiful yeah. and and compelling um and I'm sure I'm sure your pastor Kevin has like a ton of go to resources too but <laughs> <Right>. but but <laughs> I think he's a big EM Bounds yes, fan yes. from what I understand and yeah. so but you know the point isn't necessarily the resources out there but 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 really you know listening to what those resources are saying and actually getting in front of god and receiving from him what he's telling us in his word and then you know prayer can be as simple as just repeating god's words back to him and and then putting our our thoughts around those words that he says to us in the form of a prayer back to him it's as simple as that you know when jesus says pray in my name and according to my will that's that's the that's the most sure way that we can do it is take the things that he's already given us in his revealed word and then make them our own and give them, present them back to him, you know? Um, but yeah, good time of year to, to think about re-upping, uh, with with that. Same. Yeah. And to do it with other people too, can, you know, where it's not just you alone, but, but to make a, a practice of having other people being in the same room with you and you're all kind of, agreeing with each other's prayers can be a a beautiful, empowering thing. That's one of the
0: reasons I love She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth is Mm. that I know whatever I'm reading that day, a bunch of other people are reading that day. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to connect. And last last year during Lent, four or five of us read the same book every Mm. morning. Mm -hmm. And so while we were all doing our Lent practices, we also were, okay, I'm checking in not only about this Lent practice, but to also say, I read today and here's what stood out to me. Right. so I just think it makes it reminds you that you're not alone in something mm-hmm. when you do it that way.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: I mean, you've prayed for things and not gotten them. Yeah. But you've prayed for things and seen God move too. Mm-hmm. Which do you think happens more?
1: I think pray and wait happens more. Really? Um, I, I don't know if it's because I'm I'm not courageous enough, or it's it's because I'm not too presumptuous, right? <laughs> I, As I say, I'm you're plenty courageous. I'm a lot more general than I am specific yeah. uh, in in my prayers. In general, like I'll, I'll like when I pray for my family, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for my kids. The fruit of the spirit, you know, yeah. Lord, Abby and Ellie, would you make them loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and faithful yeah. and gentle and self controlled and and those sorts of things and. Kind of leave the imagination of what that looks like in their unique cases up to God who created them, mm-hmm. and it, maybe that's a little bit of a cop out. But you know, truth be told, I don't exactly know exactly what God or how God wants to specifically develop each of my kids. Yeah. I just know what He wants them to become, and so yeah. I, I try to kind of pray toward the becoming vision yes. of God yes. for them and. For my church as well and you know like we we don't pray for like certain number of people or this that or the other we just pray mainly for for health and Mm -hmm. for a life-giving thing to develop in our community that points people to christ you know Mm -hmm. and and that demonstrates how beautiful he is and and so yeah i have a friend
0: in a dating relationship and she said i've been praying that he would encounter god in a way that changes his life, and then asking God that our relationship would reflect that. Mm-hmm. She said, so then I know whatever's going on with us, I know God wants to answer that prayer. Mm. She's like, because so, I don't know mm-hmm. what to pray for me and him, but I do know to pray that he would encounter God.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. And
0: and it's given her yeah. so much peace yeah. while she's waiting for the answer, yeah. because she knows that God, she knows she's praying in alignment with what God would have for this guy anyway. Yeah. Even if it's not going to give her what she wants, yeah. she's going after what God wants. And I think learning to pray like that, saying what you really want—like, mm. of course, you want Abby in LA to be joyful and loving. And yeah, you want all that, but also yeah. trusting that that God sees way more than we see. Yeah. So yeah. prayer is such an interesting—it is such a mystery, but mm. it's not at the same time, right? It's both. Yeah. I'm figuring it out. I, I feel like I say, "Lord, teach me how to pray." More than just about anything and ask for wisdom.
1: What's well, a good prayer? I right. mean, even the disciples were asking that questions a couple years in. Right. Uh, so, I know. yeah.
0: Hey friends, just interrupting this really great conversation to tell you about a couple of sponsors who are making this show possible, Church Home and Samaritan Ministries. We're always seeing headlines about tech. Is it helping us or hurting us? That kind of thing. And the fact is, it can actually do both. You guys know this, we've talked about it a lot on our phones. We can be connected to anyone, anywhere, but how do you actually find meaningful, positive connections and tune out all the negative noise? For me, it's this new Church Home Global app. And what I love about Church Home is it's not about excluding people. It's not about being perfect. It's just about being together where everyone is welcome. Church Home was actually started 25 years ago with the belief that church isn't so much about the place, but about the people. I'm a huge fan of the local church, and I really believe in gathering together on Sundays and being together in And Church Home is such a good supplement for that and such a good way that when you can't connect as easily in person, it's a different way to connect. And that's the thinking behind the Church Home Global app, where you connect with people all around the world, have honest discussions, and create meaningful relationships all from your phone. And with Church Home Global, you always have access to a positive space and a strong community of people. So join me today in the Church Home Global app. Download the free Church Home Global app available on App Store or on Google Play or text PODCAST to 555-888, that's Church Home, C-H-U-R-C-H-O-M-E, there's only one H, -H -H C-H-U-R-C-H-O-M-E, Global, available on the App Store or Google Play, or text PODCAST to 555-888. Thanks to our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries takes the loving care of Jesus and applies it to health care. For 25 years, this healthcare sharing ministry has helped Christians support one another financially, emotionally, and spiritually in the midst of medical needs. As a member, each month I'm assigned to another person who has a medical need. I get their prayer requests so that I can pray specifically for their situation, and I can write a note of encouragement to send with my share directly to them. It's really convenient because I can do this through the mail or online, which is easier for me. And then if I were to say, I don't know, break my arm, my Samaritan Ministry friends would get my prayer request and do the same thing for me. If you want to learn more about how you could be a part of this awesome community, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash That Sounds Fun. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash That Sounds Fun. Now back to my conversation with Scott. Um, okay. So let's talk about your new book. Can Mm -hmm. we? That's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, because your last one from weakness to strength, that was for leaders. Mm -hmm. It's innumerable how many leaders I sent that one to. Oh, I just think it's absolutely brilliant. I've loved all your stuff. Do this outside the lines, befriend and from weakness to strength. And then this one is called irresistible faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why, why was that the next, after you wrote to leaders, why was the next Mm -hmm. right thing to write a book about faith?
1: Well, it's it's a biography of Annie Downs. So <laughs> did you not know this? This is, this is your
0: what a, a terrible story. use of your time. It's a story
1: of your life, and, and the publisher said, that. "Let's call it Irresistible Faith." And so,
0: oh my gosh, Guy, you're too kind.
1: All the people that I know oh who gosh. know you or know about you think you are irresistible oh, as a human guys. being. But Thank but you, um, in in truth, that 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 title is the publisher's title. I wanted a different one. Oh, can um, you tell us what you but, wanted? So there's this quote from Madeline Lingle, oh, um, you I'd know, *Wrinkling Time*. Yes. You know, she's famous for that novel, but her um,
0: nonfiction is where it's at uh,
1: to me. Oh yeah, *The Reflections on Faith and Art* yes. is where this quote comes from. Okay. I wanted to call the book "A Light So Lovely," which, in retrospect, it's good that we didn't, because a book just came out about her life by that title. Yes, I was about to say but, that is the title. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh! So, Scott. so the, the Lord publisher, knew. yeah, the Lord and the publisher <laughs> saved me from that. But the quote is, and and this is what I hope the book conveys. Yeah. Uh, she says, "We draw people to Christ not by." Telling them how right we are and how wrong they are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they can't help but ask what the source of that light is. Yeah. Okay, and and so that's that's a, a a loose paraphrase, but but I think we live in a time right now, especially where the narrative or the reputation of Christians, evangelical Christians, especially. Uh, uh, is about as low as it can go uh, yeah. in the culture. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think no it's one a, trusts us. <laughs> well, I think it's really unfortunate um, who's chosen as the poster children of right. of the movement that right. we're part of. Right, that's exactly right. There's so many amazing stories that um, that aren't told. Right, and so that being said, you know even take the narrative about Christians out of the picture, you know, that we're just talking about and, and think about the political climate that we're in. Think about, um, how, you know, people sort of tribalizing and echo chambers and us against them and, you know, different groups and generations being suspicious about each other, never giving each other the benefit of the doubt. And I'm asking myself, you know, what if the, what if christian's greatest witness right now is just straight up kindness yeah. and and responding to this environment with the love that we were created to express yeah, yeah. in the first place and look less to things like political arguments and facebook rants and angry blogs and, and more to surprising our neighbors and our colleagues and the world, with mm-hmm. uh, you know, our, our our world. Whether our world's a big world with a lot of influence, or whether our world is a small world, like like a home or, or a neighborhood or a, mm-hmm. a public school or whatever, that our influence would be more life giving, and and that that, that that maybe a movement could develop <laughs> around Christianity, where um, you know, like like in the first century, it says that. Their quality of life, this is Acts chapter two, I think. It was it was so compelling. You know, they were so generous yeah. that they, they became the kind of community that everybody wanted to be part of, whether they were a believer or not. Everybody yeah. wants this kind of love. Everybody yeah. wants this kind of relation. You know, Jonathan Edwards called, you know, heaven a world of love. Well, what if what if thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth? As it is in heaven, meant, you know, bringing aspects of that world of love that God has created down through the people of God. and and, you know, it says in the book of Acts that the Christians who were a very small minority in the Roman Empire, were enjoying the favor of all the people. Like they yeah. were, they were experienced as the best neighbors, as the people you wanted working for you, yeah. as the people that you wanted to work for. Uh, they were the ones that you expected would be the first responders if, if you got a bad diagnosis or when we're in a crisis or your spouse left you or you were, you became widowed, no matter what your belief system, you would expect the Christians to show up first. Hmm. And that, that kind of thing actually happens a lot right now. Like if you look at, at Nicholas Kristof, who writes for the New York times and he would identify as an agnostic, but he's really intrigued by uh, evangelical Christianity specifically because he says, you know, I cover poverty all over the world and i don't care what they say at at the new york cocktail parties that i'm part of where christians are oftentimes the punchline. right the christians are the ones that they're the first ones to show up they're the last ones to leave and they're the ones who are emptying their pockets in order to in order to help the most needy vulnerable people in the world and so you know, and I think that plays into what Madeline Langell was saying—that that here you have a decidedly secular guy who's not really sure what he believes about God, and yet he's noticing something beautiful in terms of the way that 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 Christian people are interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. What irresistible faith does is it just it just tries to dream up, you know, what what could it look like? What if you know, what if the church could become? that again mm-hmm. in the culture not a power driven political moral majority that project failed i mean i mean let's look back and let's just right. count the ways that that project of trying to turn the world christian through politics and power plays and let's just count the ways that that's failed right because that's not how jesus came jesus came as an infant born to a couple of poor teenagers from a town called nazareth which was was a lot less like williamson and davidson county a lot more like grundy county right you don't you don't hear much uh, you know because it's you know that's it's like kind of a rust belt uh you know equivalent in the middle east where you know that's where poor people live that's where lepers and and sick people live because that's the only places they could afford and you know even one of the disciples nathaniel says can anything good come out of nazareth you know and 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 that's where Jesus chose to come out of. And then you look at all the associations that he kept and, you, you know, there, there are a disproportionately low number of A-listers in his inner right. ring because uh, right. the A-listers aren't really interested in him because right. he's poor, he doesn't have an education and so on. And yet he's this magnetic force with, with people who are hungry to be known mm. and with people who are hungry to be part of a community and, 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 and hungry to – you know, devote their lives to something meaningful and bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. and you know, Christ dies, send you know, rises from the dead, sends the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden the church becomes what Christ was yeah. uh, to to the world around them, and Pentecost happens, and and you've got this movement that you know by the third century A.D. you've got you've got emperors who were like Hitler was to the Jews, to the Christians, like 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 Emperor. Um, uh, Julian, the history books call him Julian the Apostate, right? Because right. he despised Christians, like he was an apo- a, a Saul of Tarsus of his time. He just yeah. wanted to get rid of Christians um, because they said Jesus is Lord instead of Caesar is Lord. And he, there's this letter. Have you heard about this? This no. letter. So he writes this letter to a friend, and he's frustrated, and he, and he says, I, I essentially, I've tried with all my might to get rid of the Christians, and and everyone that I kill, ten of them. You know, wow. ten more of them pop up, yeah. and the secret to their movement, the secret to their success, is that they take better care of our people than we do. Uh, they take oh. better care of Rome than Rome does. Oh, wow. They love us better than we love ourselves. Yeah, and they love us better than we love each other. And that's, that's unstoppable. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, the emperor he had all the resources, he had all the money, he had all the political power, all the gravitas, all the social networks, everything and we're naming our dogs after nero and caesar right, and right. we're naming our children after joseph and mary yeah, and and paul that's exactly right, right yeah. so you know what if we got back to that place of humility and that place of making eye contact with people and asking more questions than giving answers and and taking the humble place and looking for opportunities to serve looking for opportunities to, to surprise people with something life-giving instead of mm-hmm. something life-sucking because we live yeah. in such a life-sucking environment right now yeah. you know what i mean and so that's i'm trying to advocate for that i'm also trying to affirm to christians that whatever your work is if you're doing anything creative if you're doing anything restorative redemptive fixing a person helping a person heal a place heal a yeah. thing heal your work is has just as much a place in the kingdom of God yes. as mine does. Yes. And and I, I think that there's this massive lack of understanding among us that all work matters, yes. that, that that your job does not exist to support the job of missionaries and pastors. Right. Uh, your job is but part you know, of what was God's such doing. A
0: narrative that we were told growing up is like, you're either a missionary or you stay home and support the missionaries. Mm-hmm and I, that always
1: and you do support the missionaries for sure but your work is mission yes. your your work yeah, is yeah, calling yeah. if you're yeah. an accountant you're you're doing orderly things and God's a god of order if you're yeah. an entrepreneur or or a marketer you're doing creative things and God's a creator if you're in fashion you're creating beauty and God's yeah. beautiful you know and and so there's just everything is an opportunity to image God in the world and so so there's a big chunk in the book about that and yeah. also about you know Poor the poor and mercy and justice and.
0: Why did it being, matter to you for people to feel like their job that. matters?
1: Oh gosh, I mean, because I haven't
0: written that book. Why, why was yeah. that in you?
1: Well, one was the influence of of Tim Keller and uh-huh. the Center for Faith and Work, and then we yes. launched something similar out of Christ Presbyterian, the church I pastor here in Nashville. Called the Nashville Institute for Faith and Work. Yes, people uh, and, love it. Yeah. I love
0: it. But I mean, some yeah. of my friends have gone through. Yeah, you need to go programs. speak at
1: something. Okay. Uh, I just would love to come learn. I don't so, even need to speak.
0: I, I mean I'll I'll sing for my supper, but yeah. I would love to come learn. <laughs> well,
1: NIFW.org, but uh the, you know the director there is Missy Wallace, and she's doing doing a great, great job um there. But but the reason why we felt like this was a an important thing to launch out of church. Is that that I think that there is such a gap in so many Christians' mind between Sunday and Monday mm. um, that the two are almost separate worlds. Like you, you have your faith life, and then you have your your work life, and the two are kind of separate departments. Like Dorothy's yeah. Dorothy Sayers wrote this essay called "Why Work," um, uh-huh. and she says that's the biggest mistake the church has ever made is to look at Say she is the example of a woodworker Mm -hmm. and look at that woodworker and say that his job as a Christian is to not get drunk, to come to church, uh, and to keep his nose clean. What the church should be saying is make really good tables, yes, because think about what kind of tables must have come out of the carpenter's shop in Nazareth, yeah. And and, and there's a dignity to the work God gives us. You know, the first great commission that God spoke was not go make disciples, it was tend my garden. That was the first great commission to Adam and Eve, Uh, and then the second great commission only happened after sin came into the world, right? And we needed salvation from our own choices. But um, anyway, I literally never thought about Mm that—that like
0: the first thing he told us to do was take care of the garden.
1: Yeah, there's not only permission. There, there's a there's almost it's almost like a mandate to work really hard at loving your work and what you do, and, and realizing that look whether you're a ceo or a middle manager or changing diapers uh you know whether you're it's just you in an office by yourself or you're surrounded by people it matters like if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're creating if you're restoring you're doing the work of god with your hands in your heart and i, I think if our imaginations could go there where the scriptures are uh yeah. in terms of our work um what kind of life-giving impact could that have on on work environments on whole industries yeah. um you know, and I think Nashville is a hotbed for that. I think there's so much opportunity here with all the different sectors that mm-hmm. are represented, and all the the faith-oriented people yeah. that, that that lead uh, yeah. in our city. And so, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I hope I hope it takes. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: why are you the right guy to write Irresistible Faith?
1: Oh my goodness, I don't think. I, yep. I, you know, I'm an. <laughs> You're ex-
0: three. You should know.
1: <laughs> I, I'm an. Ex- because I'm ambitious, I want to atten- so draw attention no. to myself. Um, <laughs> I get in no. so much trouble
0: because I never have twos on. But yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, Nashville's full of threes and sevens. I can't help you. <laughs> Isn't it
1: true? Like Nashville is a three. The city is a yeah, three and a seven. Like I you know. put, it's a three and a seven. It's
0: all of us, I know.
1: But yeah, I'm an accidental author in answer to your question. I never intended to write books. And really? I just fell into it. And so- yeah, I tell you know I, I got here and you know a couple of agents and and publishers reached out and said hey why don't you write a book and I said yeah. no because there's nothing that I could write that that would be as good or better than what Tim Keller would write on the right. same and so why don't I just support the stuff that he does yeah. unless I can come up with something to say that I don't think that he or you know three right. or four other people. And you
0: worked at his church in New York, which is Yeah. yeah I, I mean, think I'm, that they heard that I'm in the first my Gosh, I mean I was but...
1: in some ways such a clone of him. I mean, I I I am so indebted to to yeah. his vision uh for who I am as a minister and a thinker and writer and 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 so but you know God put on my heart some things that um I think he meant for me to yeah you know to share. And so yeah. it kind of worked out that way. But I truth be told a lot of what's in this book um the faith and work thing, for instance, where where it was born first in my heart was in our days in New York, yeah, uh, and and just watching um, yeah. the impact that it was having on on people, and um, so to get to do that here in our ministry, and then to get to share it um, in book form, in yeah. hopes that maybe it'll replicate somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah,
0: but, can I answer why you're the right guy to write this book?
1: Uh, if you want to, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. you.
0: What people may not know is you and we. Maybe you and I talked about this on the show, but we've talked about it in our real lives before. You mentor and pastor so many people that, that no one will ever know you mentor and pastor, hmm. and you create an environment that allows for very public figures to have irresistible faith. Hmm. And so I think what you've written down, this almost as much as any of your others, if not more than your others, feels like this is what you give the people you pastor. And then we are able to give that we. I include myself. I feel pastored by you often, Mm. Um, but this is what you give us that we are able to duplicate and give out Mm. um, because of how you pastor. So thanks, Sammy. So I think that's very true. You are you are the right guy to write a book about irresistible faith and the Ford Mm. by Bob Goff. I mean, you can't beat that.
1: Bob is amazing. Isn't he amazing?
0: He's the best. He's one of a
1: kind. So I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who knows him uh, pretty well, also, and compared him to Walt Disney. Like, like yeah. you said, he's one of a kind and he, he's, he's and he and not, not Walt Disney in the, you know, I mean, he's certainly Walt Disney in the fun, right, you, right, know, right, right, right. you know, hardcore seven sort yes, of way, yes. but also just with how intentional he yeah. is and, and just how fiercely thoughtful and other oriented, yes. um, he is. So, so yeah, it was such an unspeakable, uh, honor to hear yeah. him say yes when, yeah. when I asked him to. To do that kindness. So so
0: I am a newfound, as you can see on the wall beside you. I am a newfound, like major Disney fan. Like I've always loved Disney, but in It took you this long. Right. So I I like it. Uh And I always love the movies, but I haven't been to Disney World as an adult, and I had never been to Disneyland ever. And I bizarrely, my calendar lined up that I had an event in Orlando and in Anaheim about six weeks apart. Mm -hmm. So I got to go to Disney to go to Magic Kingdom and to Disneyland. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, He's Walt Disney's unbelievable.
1: What's your favorite ride? Uh, Peter Pan. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm a very awesome. fantasy land yeah. 1960s yeah. Disney
0: kind of that's that's my thing. Okay. I just think it is well, Peter Pan's a seven, and so okay. I, I we just I understand him mm-hmm. in a weird way. We get each other, yeah, mm-hmm. we do. I just mm-hmm. he like the he, I'm talking like he's a person, but Peter Pan, I just sometimes I'll when I've watched that movie. Peter Pan and Mary Poppins are the two that I feel like I understand yeah. the most, and so I've just to Mary Poppins could not be a zero percent. Is she a seven? Yeah. But she just got, yeah. she's just got something. What do you think? Uh, four? Yeah, maybe yeah. a four with uh-huh. a three wing. Maybe, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she feels her feelings, but she's bossy, mm-hmm. so she's got it because she's got to keep everybody in line. But it's just been interesting as I've as I've watched and paid more attention to what Walt Disney did. I think I don't know anything about his faith story. I just think. He understands how to how to create how to be irresistible. He understands how to be irresistible. I mean, wasn't
1: his mission in life to make people feel happy or something like that? Like is it wasn't that like their mission statement? Yeah. Uh
0: Uh-huh. It's just fascinating when Mm. you so Bob is a perfect example of putting together that whimsical joy of Walt Disney with the intention of Walt Disney with the gospel.
1: And he also shows up in Afghanistan and builds a school for girls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With balloons in hand. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) He is just something else. So this whole month, actually leading up to the show, we've been doing a series on Next Generation, kind of going like, okay, for 2019, what if we were intentional about thinking about the generation coming up behind us, mm-hmm. mentoring, and just so many of my friends at my age are starting to have kids that are going to become teenagers. A lot of my friends have teenagers. Tell me, will you just speak into that a little bit? What what do we not know about teenagers right now that we should know, or what, are we, what do we need to be saying to them about the gospel that's different than when we were teenagers?
1: teenagers oh my goodness they're amazing yeah. i mean they're they are smart intuitive attentive they have consciences they yeah. really do yeah. they feel ashamed when they do something stupid or hurtful like right. the, the bullies feel ashamed typically of bullying yeah. like like there's that place in the heart like if you can if you can catch it yeah like like i spoke to a group of teenagers a while back um you know just a few months ago and I talked about a time when I had bullied um, yeah. a, a, another kid in tenth grade, and, yeah. and just how I've carried it with myself with myself ever since. Like I just said something mean, yeah, 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 and and I've carried that one comment with me all my life, just feeling yeah. like if there's one thing I could take back, and yeah. and I said I imagine there's some of us in order to protect ourselves do things and say things that make us feel dirty. And 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 I kind of got a peripheral vision glance of sort of the mean girls section. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and there there like three of the four that were sitting in the section I was looking over at were were weeping. Like like <sighs> like that's me. Like yeah. like there is a at the point being there's a lot more going on there than yeah. than what we see at the surface. And yep. and these kids are more oriented toward what's right and good and beautiful and true than, than we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's such enormous pressure. They feel like they're, they're swimming in a sea of sharks and, and, you know, social media can make it really hard as well because, you know, there's just the Instagram envy and the, the unspoken messages uh-huh. of you know we're all in this picture but you're not right. or they're all happy and i'm not, not and, and, right. and meanwhile they're looking at your pictures and they're feeling totally. the same thing about your life and, and but but that's the world they live in they call them digital natives right yeah, and yeah. and you know just to handle that with care and don't don't shame them yeah. for being addicted to their phones yeah show them something more beautiful by by not being addicted to yours and oh, and beautiful. Andy Crouch is radical. I don't know yep. if I could live to the degree of radicalness that yeah. he does in these things, but but his his book um, Tech Wise Family, I think yep. it's called. Um, there are some principles in there, and I, I don't think most people can go the full hilt to what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But but I think I think it's a very healthy vision mm-hmm. that you can read and build off of, you know, for your own environment. Like in a home, or if you've got teenagers in your life, or if you're a youth worker, or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think this next generation gets a bad rap. Um, I, I think that they were born into much, much Gosh, more challenging no conditions kidding. than I was. And, and I think the
0: same thing. I think I would so. not trade. I will do whatever I can to make mm-hmm. their lives easier. I would not trade mm-hmm. to be a, a technology native.
1: Yeah. No yeah. yeah. So. Um,
0: okay, so that was last month. Now, next month, mm. we're doing another series where we are having all couples on. So, we're wow. having all people on that are in love. So, because uh-huh. I thought February sounded yeah. fun to me, so uh-huh. I went for it. Um, will you tell me how you and Patty met?
1: Wow, okay, yeah, I know I'm, was,
0: I'm the worst podcaster ever because I gave you no warning. I was like, hey, no, Scott, that's, let's that's go. That's the <laughs> best
1: because then you get the honest answer and the honest response to the question. That's true. So, and this so, isn't
0: softball because your wife's awesome.
1: So she's she is pretty awesome. So I actually in my sermon yesterday told our church that this story. Yeah. She she noticed me a lot sooner than I noticed her. Uh-huh. Um, like she is the least fickle, silly, um, you know, careless person in the world. Like she sure. she's she's like very intentional, very thoughtful, very um, sharp and yeah. and not la um, la 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 you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but she told her parents before we ever met that she thinks she's going to marry me were you all like, in high
0: school or college or how no
1: I was in seminary and okay. she was in graduate school okay. in the same town and we we were at the same church she oh, was okay. part of this huge group of young life leaders that yeah. came to our church and, yeah. and so and I would do teaching or whatever and and from a distance she just had this discernment that that we had a future together, yeah. and and we'd never met, and so a friend set us up, and and basically long How story. How old were short, y'all at the time? Like, were you in your mid twenties, okay. early to mid twenties? And a, a friend of ours, there were a bunch of us taking a, a road trip to this thing, and it, it was like you know eight cars yeah and we were the only car where the person said well scott and patty why don't you go together (laughs) and everybody else was like like and there were other cars like those clowns stuffing in Volkswagen so we're thinking there's room for them and they're like oh no 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 we got this we got this and so so we had you know an hour there and an hour back and and that was enough to give me courage to ask her out I was a little gun shy about that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. Asked her out, she said yes, and yeah. we were engaged six months later, and married six months after that. How so,
0: long have you been married
1: now? Oh, so it was nineteen ninety five, August. So, um, so yeah, 24. August of August of this year will be uh, will be twenty four years. Yeah. What yeah.
0: What's the secret? What do I not know that keeps you married for twenty four years?
1: Say you're sorry. Okay. And forgive. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's it. I Those two it. things. I can try at if least. you can do that.
0: Yeah, that'll be the trick. Okay. Yep. Every story from someone about who they are as people, why they make the art they make, and who they ended up with, you mm-hmm. just always go, oh, yeah, none of that's an accident.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: None of that's an accident. God put you on the same church, you know? Yeah. And then it's your, all your friends put you in the same car. They mm-hmm. <laughs> so, did. I got so much respect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you know how we always end the show. We got to know what sounds fun to you.
1: Oh. <sighs> Good night sleep. No, I don't. No. Yeah, I don't want to. That doesn't sound fun. It just sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know what sounds fun to me is front row balcony seats at the Ryman. The Ryman, I know. Dead center, and
0: mm-hmm. who are we hearing or seeing?
1: I think we're hearing uh, Jason Isbell. Yes. Or the Indigo Girls. Okay. Or Sturgill Simpson.
0: I don't know the, who that is. I'm out. I, he's
1: a I'll yeah, look him up. same look Same lane as oh, okay. Jason Isbell. Okay. Jason Isbell is like the stellar songwriter. yeah. Yeah, um, anyway. Which, by the way, you Do you know men, any of those that men? I just yeah, mentioned? Yeah, yeah, I, okay, know, okay. I was with you on the
0: first two. Okay. Um, For sure, Indigo Girls. And I know mm-hmm. Jason as well. Mm-hmm. And I, you and me and Elizabeth Hasselbeck talked about going to the Ryman uh, with your couples, and we never did it.
1: Still got to happen. It's <gasps> okay. still got to happen. Okay, it's got to happen. So. You and I mm-hmm. both feel
0: the same way about the Ryman. If it's happened in the Ryman, I want to be there. I okay, you know, all right. You, you're the
1: seven, and, and I'm the determined three. Yeah, so, so you'll get us the good we, seats. We, we can make it happen yeah. together. My next
0: stop at the Ryman is Ira Glass. Oh wow! Have you ever seen him do a live radio show?
1: I haven't. I mean, I listened to him a good bit, it's but unbelievable. Yeah, he's brilliant.
0: He's brilliant. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. He's not gonna sing, is he? No, but he has an iPad and mm-hmm. he fades in and out the music mm-hmm. and does all the pieces. So it's a live. I mean, it is just brilliant. I just think the world of him. So that's my next stop. That's, I just saw Amy Grant and Vince Gill at Christmas. Yeah.
1: Like you yeah, know, that's the one Nashville thing that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, you should. Um, yeah, next we, year. We just, yeah, we have every intention to.
0: Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. excellent. And it's really fun because it's, it becomes tradition-y mm-hmm. a little bit. So, yeah. uh, well, thank you for being on the show again.
1: Thank you, Annie. I'm just so
0: grateful. I can't that's wait for all treat. of our friends to get Irresistible Faith this week. It's out this week. So I'm excited for people to get to read it and, and step into this with you. So thank Thanks, you.
1: friend. Appreciate it.
0: Gosh, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes sitting with Scott Sauls just feels like a breath of fresh air and just like peace and wisdom and what a gift he is. And we will just continue to pray that he will um, get sleep, that, that insomnia will leave. And yeah, we'll just pray that he gets really deep sleep, that the season of insomnia will end. So if you guys will just put that in your hearts and in your heads, no matter whether you pray every day or you're starting brand new. um, If this is something you're just trying out, just include Scott when you pray and what a great leader he is. And I'm so thankful for him and his writing. Make sure you grab a copy of Irresistible Faith. Just hearing him talk about that has me like, lit up a little bit. Like, yes, this is what we want to do. This is who we want to be. And I'm so thankful that Scott wrote this book. I have it sitting right here beside me. I just love it. I think you should definitely grab a copy of Irresistible Faith, Becoming the Kind of Christian the World Can't Resist. Make sure you give Scott a follow on Instagram, Twitter, all the places, and tell him thanks for being on the show and that he is in your prayers. And thank him for his incredible commitment to faith and culture and, and seeing us do good work. Um, As believers, I'm so, so thankful for him. Hey, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my new website, AnnieFDowns.com. Well, I mean, I've been to AnnieFDowns.com forever, but we updated the website. There's lots of great, really easy information. And the links from today's show on Thursday will hopefully have up by Friday. We're catching up, getting all the links for all the shows put up there so you can find them really, really easily. Those will be at AnnieFDowns.com. So you guys have a great weekend. I hope you get some rest. Go out and do something that sounds really fun to you. I will do the same and we'll see you back here on Monday.